Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Morning Thrive Church, how we doing? As you can tell, we're in a series we just started called One Hit Wonders, and that was Norman Greenbaum from 1969, Spirit in the Sky. Each week you will hear a different one hit wonder, and we have a very surprising one um, that will come up. I can't tell you when, so you'll make sure that you're here. Um, Quickly, so you guys know, this week's Pass It On Week. Make sure you get your card. I challenged our small group to pick two days out in which they're going to pass on God's love to somebody else, Um, and so make sure you get your cards and pray about how you can... um, impact people around you. They're at our Connection Center. Um, Pass it on. Week's going to be phenomenal. Next week we have the big red bus to give some blood. It's going to be great. We'll be here at this location. Also too we're doing our impact offering. We believe in missions, right? We believe in impacting the world through missions globally and locally. So in November, here's what we're doing. October was check-in month, right? Some of you guys did check-ins on Facebook. Um, The cool people did. The rest of you didn't. Um, Well this month, here's what the cool people are doing. We're all um, getting the baby bottles from Chesterfield a pregnancy help center of Chesterfield and what they do is they help single moms who decided to choose life and have their child and they partner with that mom and they walk with that mom and they help that mom and so what we're doing is when you put money in that baby bottle and you bring that baby bottle back to us, we're going to donate $20 to missions next year but you also get to help pregnancy center of Chesterfield. Not only that, check this out wait, 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 there's more uh, <laughs> right now today, no seriously if you give in the month of November toward missions we're going to match up to $3,500 what you've given to missions. So if you give a dollar, we're going to match another dollar. And so um, again, November is a very strategic month for our impact offering. Um, you can just write on your giving envelope, impact offering or the kiosk, impact offering online, impact offering. And then we will end in December with something else cool we're going to do. Well, today we're in week one of a series called One Hit Wonders. I'm excited about it. We're going to look over the next three weeks at, at different books of the Bible that just had one chapter. That's all they wrote was one chapter. And so um, we're looking at Philemon today. So go ahead and turn in your copy of God's Word if you have it to Philemon. Um, If not, you should have um, notes with the the scripture there. We actually put that in there for you. You're welcome. And um, I want to talk to you today about being a merciful people. If we look at some of our favorite movies that have impacted us in Hollywood, you'll see a constant theme that goes on. For instance, like the movie Taken. Anybody remember Taken with Liam Neeson? Like that movie about, you know, um, that they, they took his daughter and he couldn't find her. And then he said, I'll find you. When I find you, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, yeah. And so these, these, these men got, Russian men got hold of his daughter and they had her somewhere. And, 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 and they're actually going to put her into trafficking, uh, sex trafficking. And he said, no, we're going to jump in. And, and you want it. If you were like me, if you watched Taken, you were ready for Liam Neeson to take that man's head off, right? The whole movie, you're waiting. I can't wait for Liam to take him out. And when he did it at the end, you felt this sense of justice, didn't you? Or the movie Patriot, if you're a little older, Mel Gibson. When his family was killed, then Mel rises up in the revolution. Or maybe the other Mel movie, Braveheart. Remember that one? Painted face. And so you're like, Braveheart, one of our favorites. They they kill his family then too, right? Poor God, all his movies, his family gets killed. But he goes after them and rises up a whole country in a revolution to get back the bad guy. See, the movies and how Hollywood portrays things is that the bad guy attacks the good guy, takes something from the good guy, then the whole movie you're waiting for the good guy to get revenge. 
right? You pay to see good revenge. But here's the funny thing. There are movies also that don't reflect that. One of my favorite movies of all time, and if you don't like this movie, then something's wrong with you. Our prayer team will be up front after service ready to pray for you. It's Forrest Gump. We all love Forrest Gump, right? One of the greatest movies ever. Well, what I love about Forrest Gump was he helped his friend Bubba out. He gets Bubba, you know, he got shot, shot in, the, in the buttocks. And so um, he helps Bubba out. He gets Bubba out of the woods. And Bubba's so thankful. And Bubba, you know, ends up um, helping uh, uh, Forrest take, you know, he can have Bubba Gump shrimps. And this becomes like Forrest's little industry he has. And then what does Forrest do? He's been shown mercy by Bubba. And he goes out. And he picks the grumpiest, meanest guy to join his team, who's Lieutenant Dan. Right? <laughs> He gets Lieutenant Dan, and he, he extends mercy to Lieutenant Dan. You're like, why, Forrest? This guy's a loser. But Forrest understood something. He had been extended mercy, and even though Lieutenant Dan wasn't a man of mercy, he extended mercy because he had received mercy. And that's really the story of the gospel. When you look at it, Hollywood has an antithesis to the gospel. And today what we're going to look at is a one chapter letter that shows us the heart of the gospel. We're going to see the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, had a radical conversion from, from Judaism to Christianity in the first century, planted tons of churches, led many people to Christ. And what happens is Paul is in prison and while he's in prison he meets somebody named Onesimus. And Onesimus, when he meets Paul in some, we don't know all the details, gives his life to Jesus. Well, the details are Onesimus is a runaway indentured servant, which is called a slave. But you got to understand what an indentured servant is. Onesimus, previously before he gave his life to Jesus and met Paul in Rome, was actually an indentured servant to Philemon. He signed to be an indentured servant because it wasn't a bad life back then. It wasn't slavery like the, the brutal evil thing that America did and Europe did. It wasn't like it was an indentured servant. And so what he did was Onesimus said, I just don't want to do this anymore. And he takes off and leaves. Well, under Roman law, Philemon was to have Onesimus killed. And so Paul meets Onesimus. He finds out, oh my gosh, you know Philemon? I, I led Philemon to Christ. That's who you're your indentured servant to? I need to write him a letter then. You don't need to die. You're, you're actually helpful for the gospel. And so you're going to see Paul write a personal letter, probably one of the most personal letters um, that I've ever seen in the New Testament, where he writes it directly to someone. And he writes to Philemon, and I want you to hear the heart that Paul has, that you've received mercy, now give mercy. And uh, verse 1 of Philemon says this. This is a letter from Paul. A prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy, I am writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and our sister Aphia, and our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. One of Paul's uh, you know, famous uh, introductions to his letters. I always thank my God when I pray for you. Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Now watch this. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Now he starts buttering him up. I love this here. He says a lot of good things about him and to him. And here's the reason why he's got a request he's going to give. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother. 
For your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. And that is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it's the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer to simply ask you. Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. Verse 10, I appeal to you, show kindness to my child Onesimus. Now the word child there is because he led Onesimus to faith in Jesus. Therefore, um, you know, I took the term on as child. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been much used to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. That means Paul mentored, Paul poured into him. He says, now I'm sending him back to you for a purpose. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I did not want to do anything without your consent. Why? Because he was indentured to Philemon. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave. He is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. And if he has wronged you in any way or or, or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I love this here. I love this. Paul has a little bit of sarcasm in him. He might have have to get the sarcasm in here. A little bit of sarcasm. I love like the sarcastic jab he gives. He says, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. (laughs) Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing. Please prepare a guest room for me. For I'm hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, who we talked about in Colossians, um, my fellow prisoner in uh, Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The big idea that you see from Philemon, you look at a 2,000-year-old letter, and you're like, so what? What does this mean for me? And here's the big idea. Because Jesus has been merciful to us, we should be merciful to others. And that's the whole plea to Philemon. Paul is saying, since Jesus has been merciful to you, since he saved you, look at, at, at Onesimus, who you should be off with his head, and receive him. Have mercy towards him. See, God calls us as believers to be merciful people, not people of vengeance. But as I said earlier, what are we taught in Hollywood? What are we taught in culture? You get back those who wrong you, right? You take those out who do you wrong. Off with their heads. Maybe in traffic, right? You're driving. Somebody cuts you off. What do you want to do? Like last night, I'm driving back from the NC State game. I told my buddy, I said, I'm getting angry at this person who just will not drive right beside me. And so I slowed down and I set the cruise control. I felt so proud of myself. So I wanted to ride their butt and turn the flash, you know, the, the, the bright, bright lights on. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You try to mess with me. That's what I want to do in my heart. You know, you want to do the same thing. Maybe it's not when it, 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 that happens, but some of you look at me like, like I'm crazy, but realize this, you do it on social media. 
yeah, it's the political season, and you do need to go vote this week, but some of you are like off with their heads. <laughs> You're sitting all holy right now, looking all cute. But we all have this desire somewhere in us for vengeance or revenge, especially for people who've wronged us. And the truth of the matter is, that's the teachings that are exactly against the gospel. The gospel doesn't mesh with the world's standards and the world's ways. One of the stories of Thrive, and you know, God, people ask me all the time, you know, pastors will call me, want to meet with me and say, hey man, will you help me out? And the first thing I say to them is this, God has been very gracious to us at both our locations. Very gracious, that's all I can say. And I'm meeting with you today because God has been gracious to us and I want to be gracious to others. See, the more that you realize God has been merciful and gracious to you, the more you want to extend that to others. And that's the story of thriving. That's why I spend so much time with other pastors trying to help them. And God just kind of directs these church planters and these guys. I met with three church planters this month. They're just planting in Richmond. How they found me, it was just weird. It's like, boom, they show up and we have coffee and they want to start a brand new church in Richmond. They should be my enemy, right? <laughs> no, God has been so merciful to me. I want to be merciful to others. And that is the gospel. And that's what Paul was asking of Philemon. And not only that, it's a story of Scripture. I love Proverbs, especially this proverb that Solomon wrote. Wisest man ever, third king in, Jew, uh, in, 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 in Israel's history. He writes this Jewish proverb that from, and it's from the Lord. He says, don't rejoice when your enemies fall. How hard is that, right? Aren't all of us like hoping our enemy just gets hurt a little bit? Not too much. <laughs> but just a little bit. Like, you know, your ex like, you know, really gets what's coming to him. Now that hit home. But look what he says. He says, don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Don't be happy when they stumble. For the Lord will be displeased with you and will turn away his anger from them. So the moment you're like, yeah, they just stumped their toe and they're going to fall. And then like all of a sudden they just get right back up and keep walking. Because the Lord's like, nah, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm displeased with that. He doesn't like the fact when we want revenge. And look what Jesus said in the Beatitudes. His inaugural sermon to everybody. He says this. He said, God blesses the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. That is the gospel. And if we're real today, let's just be honest. There are somebody, there are, there are people, there's a group, there's something that we've been wronged by, we've been hurt by, and in our heart of hearts, we just hope they get what's coming to them. Can I tell you something that's going to blow some of your minds in here? Karma is not Christianity. That just blew your mind. We all deserve death, hell, and the grave. We are sinners who have transgressed God's holy law. And if God operated by karma, we would all be in hell. But God doesn't operate by karma. He operates by mercy and grace. That's why Paul opened his letters up with grace and peace. And you see mercy in there. Because God didn't give us what we deserve. And when you realize that, you're hoping people don't get what they deserve. Because you realize what you deserve. That's good right there. Some of y'all look at me like, 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 like I'm a statue. But that's the gospel. Now, let me help you out, because this is hard to live, right? This is good stuff. You're like, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I know it. Oh, this is hard. Oh. And it is, because it goes with our human nature and against our nature in Christ. How do we do this? First of all, your notes is, is, is your, your first point here. 
how do you live a life of mercy toward others, especially those who've wronged you and hurt you? Recognize how merciful God has been to you. Paul tells Philemon to realize all the good things in Christ that he has, to realize what God has done for him, to realize the grace extended to him, and therefore extend that to Onesimus. One of the first things we have to do, and this is, where, this is why worship is so important. During worship, you get a chance to, to reflect that God has been merciful to you. You don't lift your hands because you're Pentecostal or charismatic. You lift your hands in thanksgiving because you're so stinking grateful of the grace and mercy that God extended you. You didn't save yourself. You didn't save yourself by good works. You're not pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. The Lord rescued you. And you've got to recognize how merciful God has been to you. How many times have you transgressed God's holy law? If you don't think much, then you're probably a Pharisee. <laughs> how many times have you done those things that God looks at and says, man, off with, he should say off with your head. And then God looks at you and extends mercy to you. See, the, the first step is you've got to recognize how merciful God is to you. So if you're having problems today, forgiving, releasing, or, or whatever it is towards somebody, then look and say, man, Lord, you've been so merciful to me. During worship, do that. Take time to reflect upon the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. Here's the, the second way. How do we do this? Repentance from someone warrants forgiveness. Repentance from someone warrants forgiveness. Onesimus met Paul at the prison and he helped Paul. Onesimus repented. Now, let me say this, and we'll do this in the last point, but when somebody repents, it's not just, I'm sorry, and they keep doing the same thing over and over, right? It is literally a, a heart to turn from the life that they're doing and the things that they're doing. And when somebody truly repents and somebody starts following Jesus or somebody repents towards you, listen, forgive them. Forgiveness is the gospel. And if somebody repents, extend that to them. That's what Jesus does and that's what we should do. Here's the third way you do it. How do I live this out? And you English majors are going to get really angry at this, but I'm going to explain why. In your notes, third, the third point, how do we live a life of mercy toward others? Restoration and reconcilia reconciliation is God's goal of repentance. Not are. They're one. Do you know the goal of repentance is restoration and reconciliation? When God forgave you, he wanted to reconcile you to himself. He wanted to restore your life. He wants to restore your life even now. Amen? And that's what, he, what Paul was saying to Philemon. Listen, restore and reconcile with Onesimus. That's the goal of the gospel is to reconcile. And then finally is this, and I want to hit this one here. Understand that being merciful is not being naive. <laughs> Understand that merciful is not being naive. Now, now, I'm speculating here, and please, for a moment, just help me. But I think Philemon was human. That's why Paul was writing him, right? Because it wasn't his nature to forgive. It wasn't his nature to, 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 to bring in and receive. I bet Philemon kept an eye on Onesimus when he came back. 
That little joker left before, he's going to leave again. I'll keep an eye on him. You know, I'm going to make sure. Yep, you know. Just keep an eye on Onesimus. You know, he, he has a tendency to leave. I mean, here's the thing. He forgave him as far as, as far as we know, as far as we understand. And there's people that you forgive and you release and you extend mercy to. But listen to me closely. It doesn't mean being naive. Just because, and I've said this before, let me say it again. Just because you live in peace with someone doesn't mean you need to live in partnership with someone. You can love someone and say, hey, I love you, I forgive you, and I'm going to love and forgive you and wish God's blessings upon you at arm distance. You've stolen from me, you've done this, you've done that, and I know that God wants to do a great work in your life, and I'm praying for you, brother and sister. But here's about the length of our relationship because of that. Some of you are so tender-hearted, you think that when I forgive somebody, I just jump back in that relationship and let them beat the tar out of me, because that's what God wants me to do. Jesus said to be wise as a serpent and what? Harmless as a dove. Use wisdom in that. But just because somebody says, forgive me, and they repent, you forgive them, but don't be naive. Don't be naive toward them. You, listen, you can extend mercy at arm's distance, and you can love somebody, and you can bless somebody, and you can have a right heart towards somebody, but not by, be naive toward them. See, the story we looked at today is the story of the gospel. Jesus in Matthew 18, and I love this, I'm going to paraphrase it, 18, 21 through 35, shares a parable that matches this very account of Scripture. He shares the story of, of a man who was in a lot of debt. According to Scripture, in that day and time, maybe, maybe millions of dollars worth of debt, tons of debt. And he goes to the man who he's in debt to, and he begs for forgiveness. Sir, forgive me. Sir, help me. And Jesus says that the man who he owed money to looks at him and says, I forgive you. I'll release you of your millions of dollars worth of debt under one condition. You now go and release all those who, 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 owe, who owe you money. The man's like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, it's so good, you know. Kind of like being at church. Oh, God, feels so good. And the moment that the man goes out, he goes to everyone who owes him money and he throws them in prison. He says, you owe me money, you get back in here. And then Jesus says that in the story, this parable, that the man who he had all this debt to calls him back in and says, you are wicked. Why did you go out and do that to others after I've forgiven you of so much? Why are you being harsh and critical and judgmental and nasty and mean and all that to other people after I've done so much for you? He throws the man in prison. That's the story of the gospel. Do you realize that Jesus forgave you of so much? He released you of so much. You owed a debt and I owed a debt we could never pay back through good works. We could never pay back in a million lifetimes. We could never work our way out of it. And Jesus says, I forgive you. I release you. Here's the one condition, Christ follower. Go forgive and release others. And if you're like me and you're human, what do you do the moment you walk away from Jesus? Off with your head. You transgress. You trespassed. You know what trespassing is? You know what trespassing really is? Because Jesus says forgive others their trespasses. It means you have a line of demarcation marked out. 
In the south, there was these old homes out in the woods, like out there, had no trespassing signs. And if you went on those, the, that property, you could get arrested. It means we crossed a line where we're supposed to. People are going to cross lines in your life they're not supposed to. They're going to cross boundaries. You say, no, 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 nobody crosses boundaries like that in my life. Let me tell you something. You cross that, off with your head. You know what Jesus says? Forgive others their debts and their trespasses. That's amazing. And I'm going to tell you something. Today, you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to do this. Because friends, and not just today, but do you realize that daily being merciful is being totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit to do this in you? Because every time that injustice comes up in your mind and anger starts pumping and then cortisol is running through your body and you're like, ah, I'm so angry. I want to take them out. It takes the Holy Spirit of God to help you release and forgive and let them go. And there are people that hurt me years ago. Can I be honest with you? I'm still daily having to release that to Jesus when they pop up in my mind. Maybe I'm the only one in here that happens to. Maybe you guys are all good. That happens to me. And here's the one big ask I have for you today. I'm asking you today, as you leave this place, let's be a merciful people. Let's be a forgiving people. Let's extend the grace and mercy of God while not being naive. And let's be merciful to those in our lives that need mercy the most. And why do we do that? Not because they deserve it. It's because Jesus gave it to us first. And as Paul, Paul said to Philemon, hey man, you owe me your soul. Go and forgive this young man. We owe Jesus our life. And we need to go forgive somebody else. And it's not about going to them and saying, hey man, I've really hated you for many years, but now I really, I forgive you, you know. It's not about doing that. Do you know the prison I believe the man was thrown in, in a, metaphorically speaking, is the same prison we put ourselves in when we don't forgive others. It builds a prison around you where you can't get out and others can't get in. And I don't know today what you're dealing with, but I do know that the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to some hearts in here and saying there are some people to extend mercy to. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus today, we thank you that you gave us mercy. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We weren't good little boys and girls who attended Sunday school enough and then we finally one day graduated to the gospel. But Lord, while we were sinners, while we transgressed your holy law, while we trespassed on property, while we spit in your face, you looked at us with love and said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to send my son to the cross for you. Jesus, we just pause today and say thank you. Thank you. We recognize how merciful that you've been to us. And Father, even as a, as, a, as a believer and a follower of your son, we're not perfect. There's been times following you that we've transgressed your holy law. And we've come to you in sincerity and repentance. You've forgiven us. And God, we thank you today. We are just grateful today. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we serve. That's why we do all that we do. That's why we forgive. And so I'm praying today right now for every follower of Christ in here. For those who've experienced your forgiveness and experienced your salvation, who've asked for forgiveness, Lord, and are serving you. I ask for those Christ followers in here today that are struggling with mercy. 
And right now there's somebody on their mind, there's somebody on their heart, there's something in their heart that they are struggling with that they have not released and it's causing pain in their soul. That today I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to help them have the grace to release the people or the person who has hurt them. We cannot be merciful, God, without the equipping of your Holy Spirit. Right now, we invite your Spirit to help us in our weaknesses, in our infirmities. Right now, Lord, make us merciful. As we're praying in here today, if you're in here today and you say, Kevin, I have never asked Jesus to forgive me my sins really know about receiving this great mercy from Jesus. I don't, I don't really know if I've done that. I kind of just, you know, believed in my mind. I've never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, wash me of my sins. Jesus, save me. Today, if you want to do that, I want to lead you in a confession of faith and a prayer where you can ask Jesus to forgive you and wash you of all your sins. You can make heaven your home. You can ask the Holy Spirit to come live inside of you. Today, between me, you, and God, if you're saying, Kevin, I want to ask Jesus to forgive me my sins. I want to become a follower of Jesus. Today is my day to do this. I'm making this decision. I'm making this bold proclamation between me, you, and God. Just lift your hand straight to heaven right now and say, that's me, Kevin. I want to do that. I want to do that. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. The greatest decision you ever make. Amen. Amen. I'm making that decision today. I'm making that decision today. Hands going up. I want to pray for you right now, right where you're sitting. The most important day of your life, whether you're coming back to Jesus or whether for the first time ever you're making this decision, I want you to where you're sitting, pray with me. Say, Father God, I admit that I am a sinner, but today I ask to receive your mercy. Forgive me of my sins. Wash away my sins. Make me a new creation. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose again on the third day. I believe Jesus is Lord. And today I make Jesus my Lord. And I commit to live for him. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Today, man, several people's hands went up. Listen, that's a, the Bible says that heaven is celebrated. Amen. Now, I want us to do this. I want you to stand to your feet as the worship team sings. Don't try to get out to the buffet line and beat them. I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to make the proclamation that you're laying you down today. I want you to worship and say, Jesus, I'm laying me down. I'm going to become a person of mercy and give mercy to others. Amen. Let's worship him.